Hello. <clears throat> Good day, mate. Good day. Hello. Do you think anger is evil? Um, I don't think so. I mean, in my case, anger is very temporary. Uh, momentary phenomenon. <clears throat> Maybe if you purposefully are angry, like ill intent, you know, anger is more of a symptom. Maybe anger is like potentially a symptom of having done or the perpetual activity of, <clears throat> of evil. You might be angry. Uh, that that'd be my best answer. Anger is a symptom. Taking a bubble bath. Well, that's disgusting. <clears throat> anger a choice? Yeah, I would say anger is a choice. What car? I drive a Prius. That's not mine. I also just don't even... You know, I, if it was my choice, I would be driving like a really old car, like t totally impractical, you know, like a 2000, like a roundy, like a 1976 roundy 2002. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, it's probably good that I'm not in charge of transportation. I just drive. I mean, who, who are we kidding? You're going to have to, f people are going to be fighting for their right to, uh, control the car in like 10 years they're gonna be protesting because the cars you know they'll be self-driving and everyone's gonna be like i want to drive is being pro-police gay no no, I mean, if you're pro-order, if you're pro-rights, if you're pro-pretty um, much anything, you're going to need some uh, designated force. So, it's like you could be pro-police and against uh, tyrannical nonsense. Of course, there's a fine line. Uh, but no. No. I mean, except for if you're in Toronto or, or in Canada, I think, uh, I think at this point, if you're in Canada and you're pro police, you, uh, then yeah, rainbow flag. You know, people say that's a red flag. We should start saying that's a rainbow flag. <clears throat> Found you through meth squad. Yeah. They were a fun group of group, group of guys to chat with. Joe is your president. Or pedodent. That's funny. He's not my pedodent. <laughs> Meter made police officers demand no respect. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be taken over by robots and cameras. I mean, eventually... Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to give them any ideas, but the, the cities... It's insane that the cities don't have just a flat rate payment... Uh, monthly payment plan for parking where... You know, your car has, is a smart object and it just recognizes it and that's it. And then they would, they would actually 
net a bunch of income because most people who are paying the flat rate are not likely to be parking every single time. So they'll get more people paying the membership fee to, to the parking situation than use parking by a lot. Like they could basically, like the amount that they need to, to, uh, that they abuse, you know, ticketing and violation could be, uh, pretty much, you know, um, supplemented by a flat rate membership fee, uh, given an area, you know, membership style, you know, like I rant about that a lot. Everything's going to be memberships, uh, payments. Police are so gay up here in Canada. Yeah, they're disgusting. You Canadians, I mean, you're too nice. I am afraid that would happen here too. You know, people are like, how could that happen? It's like, well, just because people aren't going to use their guns, you know, even if they have the guns, like you'd have to actually get yourself into a place where like you're willing to fight against people physically. But then it's like, it's not like you're free of any of the systems. That's why I, that's why I put so much focus on on the supply chains and like what you're what you and me are dependent on. The 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 everyday interactions we have, the everyday monetary exchanges we have are all based on a, a massive system that's beyond us. And so like the abuse of state power, you know, infringement of rights it's almost secondary to dependency. Like, you know, like if you fight for freedom, but you're a debt slave and you're totally dependent on the system provided to you by the people who are allegedly, or, you know, in one way or another oppressing you or, or stomping out your freedom. It's kind of a weird scenario because you're like freedom. So you're, you're okay being a debt slave and you're okay being totally reliant on on corporate government supply chains. But if they come out and, you know, start abusing their power, you're surprised. And the fight you'll take is give me back my my convenience. You know, you won't fight to the death, but you'll demand your convenience when in reality they can abuse their power because you're already dependent. So, uh, much bigger issue. There's nothing worth fighting for in Canada in a few decades. Yeah. Canada, the, the footage and stuff that I see from Canada is, is pretty alarming. Those police, it's like, you know, like we learn every, every generation learns, like how could this happen in the past? You know, how could someone take this approach? How can those police officers, those are human beings with families. And it ends up being the same. They're making their choices based on the same um, set of circumstances that you and I are making our choices um, on as to what we're willing to fight or even die for. The reality is we're so dependent on large corporate outsourced supply chains that we don't even know what we're willing to die for because everything's just been given to us. So like the closest we can come is like direct threat to our, our daughters and sons and our wives and our, our family. 
But that's so far out there. Like the idea of fighting for your freedom and your liberty in the way that it's sold to us in history is so is so foreign to us because the liberty included every everyday life. Liberty included the 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 freedom to work really hard and um, you know survive the day, um, farm, all of these things that are like in were, were inseparable from freedom, uh, the discipline. Um, and now that it's like everybody's you know just a consumption whore and uh, just a unit of debt and consumption, it's really hard for people to see what the threshold is like where where's the line you draw where you start fighting back and if it is at the line of the door and a gun to your head unfortunately when it gets to that point um you know that battle is likely over already that's what's so interesting about watching it in real time you know you, you look at that footage you know police just harassing people you know you know, they're still acting like there's some massively deadly virus going to kill everybody. And they have, you know, they're just listening. They're just taking orders. It's the same shit. Same story. Different time in history. Liberty demands blood, hard work. Maybe Canadians need their maple syrup threatened. I don't even know. Maybe you maybe threaten their uh, their decency and their uh, their politeness, you know. Like they they're like you guys. This is against our charter of rights. Um, but if they start cursing and being rude, maybe then they're like, "That's the line. That's it." <clears throat> but taking their rights and their guns is fine. But if you threaten their politeness, etiquette. That's that's where Canadians draw the line. Etiquette. Good luck being anti-police when someone is breaking into your house. Uh, not really. I mean, you can call the police. Um, the average response time doesn't save you, uh, nor does it get the person arrested. So you're better off having a gun. Um, also, the police are not constitutionally obligated to protect you. So... Uh, you know, there are two Supreme Court cases, Gonzalez versus Castle Rock, I believe, or Warren versus Castle Rock. I forgot. Um, yeah, they have no, they should just take that uh, slogan off their car because uh, it's misleading. They protect rights in the, in the sense that they can use force when uh, someone violates the law. Uh, but they have no obligation to protect you at all. You have an obligation to protect yourself, but the police don't have to protect you at all. They don't have to protect your property either. They simply have to respond to an already existing violation. So it's all, it's all hindsight. It's already passed. It's like, it's done. In other words, something needs to be done so the police never pre necessarily prevent something. They might get lucky from something escalating from point A to point B, but they can't actually respond unless something like lawfully uh, occurs. So 
That's why you should never, ever uh, assume police are there to protect you or your property. They are not at all. <clears throat> Every cop I know in North Carolina supports armed citizens. Yeah, everyone should have a gun. Everyone should own a gun. When police, yeah, when seconds matter, police are minutes away. Yeah, yeah, they're, there's, they're not getting there on time. I mean, it's, you're lucky if you have your, your, your piece uh, accessible, you know? Like, even the law of, like, having your gun in a safe, I understand, like, you know, you want to keep it away from children and, and pe other people who might be around. But um, the added constraints to even how you, you keep your gun, uh, you know, when seconds matter, it's already, like, they're already putting you seconds behind. But it's just, like, the likelihood of it happening is, like, very rare unless you live in the, in you know a really shitty place most police officers aren't even in good shape yeah that's true and most most gun owners who go to the range are better shots than police officers you know the standards for a police officer to keep up with their training their accuracy their gun uh, handling stuff is uh, way less than than like a you know a, a a gun aficionado, just a regular person who decides they're go to the, they go to the range twice a week, once a week, clean their gun, you know, do all that. They're more in a way they're you'd want more people with a gun than uh, just seeing a uniform. <clears throat> Sleep with my Glock. Thank you, yeah, you do. No guns in Canada. Yeah, Canada's just Canada. I call it Chinada. Canada's Chinada. Thoughts on cloning? Um, I don't think it exists in the way people. Uh, think it does um, you know like because you still need like all this input you know like people assume like I mean the way it's presented commonly is like there's a clone and it's like it's a biological clone and then and then this assumption that like the the being the beingness the character the the is the same the way the form of speech like as if these things aren't uh, malleable over time dependent on certain inputs and uh can be manipulated you're just talking about straight up physical cloning like just at the material level uh, but if even if they could clone a human you're still dealing with the like a beingness it's not it's not a robot it's still a, it's still a being that, you know, like it still can have free will and, you know, all this stuff. It's not like a, it's not, it's always presented as if it's not a being, as if it's a robot, you know, it's like, it's not human. Um, but it would be human 
if it's a clone. It, it would be. Even if it's, you know, Britney Spears, her new account. Even if that's a clone. A clone is just a manufactured identical twin. Exactly. Yeah, it's not as big a deal as you, you know, the way they twist it and they're like, clone. It's like, meh. I mean, science has a history of just constantly doing that. They, they make one new step and then they sell it as a massive step. And then they get into all the theoretical uh, theoretics about what it implies about the future. And then they start selling you futures of this thing. It's like Elon Musk is basically the spokesperson for doing that. Where you just take, a, take one little tiny step, a, a, a molecular step forward in a process that might occur. And all of a sudden he's like, well, you can do anything with... with we could turn people into butterflies. You're like, no, we can't. No, you don't. You can't. You can't just insert mRNA and then uh, humans will become butterflies. You retard. <clears throat> Do you like my car? Yeah, I like this car. I like this car. Toyota, you know. I don't... Again, if I preferred a car, it would be like... It would smell like gas. It would smell like gasoline. It would make a like a bigger sound when I, you know, accelerated. It would have like a muffler problem. And, you know, it'd be like a car. This is like a driving a little, like, appliance. They've turned cars into, like appliances that you can just sit in you know i feel like i'm in a little toaster i feel like i'm in like a little just a you know bed bath and beyond or some you know one of those places if they made cars like that's what all cars are turning into just tiny tiny little safe appliances i don't like it it's funny it's like you it's rare you'd see me arguing for my own uh potential loss of safety but uh, the car is one place that i'm irrational i understand like it's like totally pragmatic to go toward just utility and be like yeah it's it's it, it doesn't matter but you know i had old cars i like them i like you know i like that old car like a like it's me it's like heavy you know i don't like you know i toaster i drive a toaster jim bob you want a car that greta thunder tug would disapprove of pretty much that poor girl how dare you how dare you Old cars rust easy. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Colorado. It's pretty pretty dry. But we have hail. Suddenly you wake up and the car is done just because of hail. I was thinking of getting a really nice, obnoxious car 
that has that's been totaled with hail damage you know like some insane maserati where the price is like you know it's like 75 percent of the price is cut off but the trade-off is that you're just driving a sweet douchey rich person's car but it's just got tiny dents all over the whole thing I could totally rock that and make it work. It was my car before we had kids. I'm jealous he gets to drive. Uh, yeah, I was looking at like minivans today. Megan wants a minivan. You know, the most annoying car on the road. But I can't talk much because even if there's a slow ass minivan in front of me, I can't even pass them with the Prius. Like I can't aggressively pass them. I like I, I I one thing is being able to swerve around them and be aggressive and pass them with authority and masculinity. Can't do that. But even let's say that I could, the the horn. There's no there's no fu horn in the Prius. It's all apology. The whole horn system. They only included, I'm sorry in the tones and you can't do anything you can't you know i'm not gonna flip off a, a mom but i at least should be able to have the horn even if i'm passing them really slowly where it takes a long time to, to pass them where my emotions are saying i'm passing you really quickly in like three seconds my emotions say that but my car and my speed it, it's like more like 12 long seconds of passing them and a horn and and that just it's sad you know because a lot of like um masculine energy you know can be expressed through driving you know but that's gone now because i'm in again i'm in a toaster that apologize an apologetic toaster where I can't even just, uh, you know, I can't even win against a mom in a van. I'll take the van. I'll take the van. Get a Buick. Do you believe that aliens live among us? No. No, I don't think so. There's a lot of like problems from that assumption. It's like one, are there aliens? How would they, you know, we're just skipping to the place where uh, they're just suddenly capable of being like us or interested in any way. Like, what do they get out of it? There's this whole slew of like questions that are just assumed. And a lot of it is based on the assumption that aliens existing would have the same concerns as humans like we can't help but like anthropomorphize everything so we're just like yeah it does yeah they're here and they want in on our government it's like no if if there was a being that could take over beings and like basically mimic beings you know they're going they're dating lower you know they're they're marrying down like what are they doing like, yeah, we have the capability of uh, flying all through this infinite universe 
you know, at different places. And we're just going to go stop at this one spot where we actually, you know, totally lower our, our capabilities and just play dumb and just be like, let's just reduce our, like everything about us, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Why, you know, what's the motive? There's no motive. I want to get into, yeah, really. Let's get into government. Oh, oh, let's get into government. Let's fly. Let's fly. There is a planet out there and we can land and become like them. And then we, if we get into government, then they fight a lot on their phones. Yeah. It's like, what? No, they wouldn't. They would. Why? Maybe, you know, it would be more plausible that they were like here for tinfoil. Like, or, or some, some common atomic level mineral. That's it. You think they would go through the, the process of, you know, you know, being a, a shapeshifter and they're just like 10 more, we just got to do this for 10 more years until, um, until we get a hold of the, you know, the mineral that we need. It's like, No. It just makes no sense. Aliens who are predisposed to debt. That's hilarious. It's like if they did a realistic alien story, it's always like the invasion and it's vague. And then there's some woman like fucking sorry. I'm trying to curse less. Um, Amy Adams. And she's like, I know how to talk to the aliens. And then it's like, hey, figured it out. And they always present it. There's like an attack and and all the stuff. And really, it's like, what do they want? They they would get to the fact of what they want. If so, if a if a civilization could go through the the ether and get to us, they know exactly what they're here for. They're not they're not in some negotiation about it. It's just like. What a waste of energy and, and time, you know? They would just show up, take it. They wouldn't even consider figuring out how to talk to us. Why? Well, you know, let's you know, let's raid this this place. You know? It just makes no sense. And then and then if any alternative um you know, need that they they want like this like they they want to explore and find new let's say they had the same like it's all based on assuming other that the other species hypothetical species would have all of the same interests in us it's just masturbating it's just human masturbating you know that's all it is just constantly but it's funny to think that like they come here and a realistic version of of uh, of aliens would be more like, I guess like Coneheads, Dan Aykroyd, like they actually come here and and they they're like, well, we have to infiltrate their system, and then they just get into debt, and then they just get into bad, terrible, ongoing internet arguments, and um. And basically, that's how humans defeat aliens. It's not through this war and Ben Affleck and all this shit. It's that we defeat alien invasion because we pull them into our own debt slavery 
and our our monotonous material materialist view and it's actually nihilism that defeats like it's this irony that nihilism wins actually because it pulls the uh enemy invader into our world and it beats and demoralizes them and it's like three years later the aliens invade and um they're listening to elliot smith and wearing a mask and uh they're on the phone with an automated system for u.s bank asking for uh their asking for a uh, reverse uh, charge reversal an overdraft charge reversal and uh it defeats their spirit and they didn't see that coming because they had like lasers and telepathy and they had all this stuff planned and they're like and then the suddenly like you know cut to the next frame and the one alien's like like telling them to put on their mask and then they're shaming each other and tattling on each other and then they do cancel culture like the whole alien invasion like they just they take on all of the most disgusting low human form frequencies and uh they they didn't have it they didn't see it coming they had everything planned and they just they didn't see how powerful the nihilistic materialist debt-based bullshit human uh experience you know it's it's uh here on earth both logically and spiritually it's uh you can't defeat it that's what that's what the world is so they're just like and then the (laughs) and then the movie goes from an alien invasion goes from the the common typical american hero female who's gonna sort it out it goes from them trying to win and save humanity but but it quickly turns and by the third act it's the aliens trying to save themselves by getting away from earth they're like we like and it's just like we got to get out of here like this is you know this isn't it this isn't it and they like you know they came from a place that was close to to eden you know i think my uh I don't know. My my graphic novel it may have just changed completely. It'd be so funny though. It's like the 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 <laughs> aliens invade. They try to get everything and then just straight up like boomerism kills them. Kills their spirit and they they just like are desperate to leave. Love it. Do you think we can pass through our magnetic field? I have no idea. I don't think we can pass through anything. I don't think we can leave the planet. I don't think it's possible to leave at all. They all moved to Florida. That would be hilarious. I really think I, I had this other idea for this thing, but it was very heavy. And I was like, how do I include my humor in this? Cause it was heavy. But, uh, that might be the other subplot going on. I don't know. It might be really confusing. <sighs> I'll work on it, though.
the story of Rumpelstiltskin. It's about a hook-nosed creature trying to trade your firstborn for gold. Florida is weird. I still have a theory of Florida that's just a... Uh, it's a, The whole state is designated for black ops. Or at least a section of it. Where it's like... You know... That's totally... makes That makes total sense to me. Like, why wouldn't you... You know, just like a Disney World. Like, imagine intelligence agencies or black, black ops wanted a designated place that's like Disney World, but it's a real place to work out live uh, scenarios, you know? Whether they're, they're false flags, whether they're fake, whether they're real, it makes sense to have a designated uh, area, Parkland, you know, Connecticut. Thoughts on banks deplatforming people for hate speech i mean it's definitely authoritarian um but like i've said on various streams that um when it really comes down to it you're not arguing with being deplatformed you're arguing with the reasoning and what the standards are and um if you're really honest if you're in control of something um and you believed in standards, you too might apply those those standards, you know. So, um, it's a it's a weird spot because you want to argue with the standards and argue with how arbitrary they are, but then you don't want to argue your your own ability because here's the thing, here's the thing, guys, and you would never hear me say this, is that. Censorship is a form of free speech. That There, I said it. I thought I'd never say it. Oh, gosh, I feel a weight. I feel a weight lifted. I'm probably never able to really say this. But censorship is actually free speech. If you really think about it. I mean, look at it. Look at it that way. And <clears throat> that's just the reality. Censorship is, is free speech. Do you think America has any hope left? Um, like I said, America, in Charlie Kirk's words, is an idea. America is an idea. <clears throat> America, the hope America has is regaining some level of agency on their labor. I mean, it's a long process. Like, so their only hope is a, a long road. It nothing gets fixed or, or arranged back into form as quickly as it gets uh, unraveled. So uh, there's a big problem, you know, and it's, oh, to me, in my view, my humble opinion is that outsourcing all your labor actually has, puts a bigger dent in your culture, your traditions, your customs, your trust in fellow man, your relationship to neighbors, your relationship to people 
uh, it has a bigger impact than we think. And the trade-off I don't think was a good trade-off. The, the trade-off for speed and efficiency and cheaper shit for completely atomizing us and separating us from the necessary trust uh, and bonds that are made through normal day life. Um, I think that was a, uh, an inevitable, but again, uh, a, a path away from uh, what humans actually value in each other. And so, you know, in other words, when, you, when people make things with their hands and they do stuff and you could see where it comes from, you're inextricably tied to the people of, of those things. You know, you know where they are, you know, their family, you know, when their family's sick, you know, you know, where this and this comes from, you know, the value and the labor that goes into it. And so, you know, there's this whole other social cultural aspect to that, that I think is overlooked and maybe not even uh, fully understood or um, quantified. And it's just gone out the window. So um, the hope would be is establishing that at the local level, which people do. So that's not totally gone. And uh, and slow and doing another slow build. You know, you don't you don't really win anything. I think people have this concept, like even the term hope. You should never like if you ever catch yourself saying I lost faith and hope in humanity. Just know you started from the wrong place in putting that faith and hope into humans in the first place. It's it's like, don't do that. Don't do that. A lot of people, the problem is people think they're better than doing labor. Yeah, but they don't know they're missing out. Like, there's some tedious crap that you might never ever want to do and you're so happy you don't have to do it and so you're so grateful for the people who came before you who innovated so that you don't have to deal with a week without cold water and no bathing and you're just like oh man I would trade anything right now for the fancy material life but you just have to understand that we all start from you know that's funny that they the term privilege I agree with it. I just, I don't buy that it's white, um, but it's a privilege. You're, you're born into like this high level, you know, operating system that uh, you're, you're, you're protected from, you know, there's, it's very, you know, there's no anti-fragility going on. You're just born into it and you can't possibly know another way until it fails. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. It's it's not unfortunate. It's it's uh, it's unfavorable. What's gonna you know what is going to be required for people to realize that um, they started from a really high place on the little mountaintop. I try to know the person who made the things. Know the farmer. Yeah, yeah. I know like uh, you know, I don't get all my meat from them, but um. I played indoor soccer with a dude and he, he does his own private ranching with, with, uh, lamb, beef, something else, pork. And it's good to know those kinds of people. Everyone in this country has Western privilege. Yeah. 
some of us have fathers and some of us don't. That's a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I always say that there is a there is a privilege. It's always a privilege. Like there's mathematically a priv- privilege to knowing the language. That's why these like these liberal idiots who defend, you know, urban, you know, black kids who talk in Ebonics and all this like urban talk, they just are like, no, that's black. You can't. And it's like, that doesn't help them. Like what helps language is an operating system in itself where, where you're like, you have to be able to exchange ideas and, and clear communication with people. Like, so you can maintain the law of identity. And so, um, it's like a baseline for an operation. Like you need it to, so if your argument is like, you want to improve the standard of living for all people, or you want people to express their skills and learn skills and get paid for it. If you think for a second that your name, Wakanisha, you know, doesn't impact that, that does, doesn't put a buffer in that streamlined communication like your whatever the dominant dialect is whatever the dominant language whatever the dominant customs are you have to assimilate into that not because they're better they might be better but not because they're better because they're the dominant and if you want to be included in the norm in the the daily activity you know and that's an it's a big important aspect of being alive is to participate and belong in a collective in, you know in a larger group and so the chinese do it for some reason you know blacks don't do it like chinese are like you're like what's your name and they're like bing chao tong wag and you're like well that's cool but if you want this job, have you ever considered just being Cindy? And they're like, yeah, sure. And it's like, no problem. They're not like, oh, you take away my coach home. It's like, no, they want their, their, that's where their utility comes in into play as an advantage. Otherwise it's just, you know, there's some horror involved there too. But, you know, and then you get the, the, this like sub black culture who's just like, you you don't want to hire me because my name is uh, Quinnatquifwa. You're like, what are you talking about? Why do you why do you make it harder for yourself? You are you a queen in some tiny African village? No, don't act like you're a queen in this African village. You know, where life would be considerably harder for you, and don't try to like transport that culture. And that identity, even though it's probably totally lost on you, you just have a name and you're just assuming like you have some deep connection to your roots. It's like, no, you're here. You have to go to Target later. You have to go on an interview and you have to write that name down. And the person reading it isn't going, oh, like they're not rejecting you on color. They're going, ah. Even if it's subconscious, they're like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to deal with the, just pronouncing the name every day. I mean, you know, why, if Wing Jong Ding Ding changed to Cindy for pragmatic sake, she's not trying to tell me that I, I'm taking her culture away. I just find that ridiculous. Like when you, 
when you purposefully make constraints so it makes your life harder. That's on you. You could have went with Michael. You know, Michael went with Michael. On your line of reasoning, everyone should wear masks in order to assimilate? Not really. You know, no, that's just an extreme, you know, I didn't say assimilate with all things. I'm saying culturally names like, but people do. I mean, I don't think they should, but I understand why they do. So I'm actually not really mad at them because I understand the precondition. Like you're, you're dependent on things, on systems. So, you know, people will do what they're told to some level and there's some threshold at which they're going to fight it, you know, probably a needle in their arm. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, that would be true. If you want to operate in the system that you are operate currently in and it requires a mask, like it's not about wearing a mask. It's about accepting the system that you're in. And, and those two get conflated. So it's like you're, you're right about that, but actually the mask is secondary. It's that you're, you're saying yes to the system that you're already in. And that again goes back to compliance and, um, and dependency. Otherwise they couldn't pull that off. Like they wouldn't be able to pull off what they pulled off with a psychological warfare if everyone wasn't completely dependent on large supply chain shit, cheap stuff, quick efficiency stuff. So yeah, on, on, on one order of truth, you're, that's right. Here in Somalia, I met a guy, introduced himself as yesterday, Shishola. That might make sense. I mean, a lot of Somalian names are all days of the week. I think African names in general, a lot. There's a couple places where it's it's almost everybody's name is, is either, is one of the days of the week. Uh, that might even work better. That might work better. Despite everything that's going on, life here in, in America is easy. Yeah. No, it's easy. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, that's the irony of it. Is that, is that when your life's super easy, then that's when, uh, that's when you can be taken advantage of. Because you don't know what you're protecting anymore. Because every, you're, not, you're on a conveyor belt system. Can you guys me because I just plugged in my my power charger yeah but the thing about masks back to what that person said the mask is not is not an 
is not a required prerequisite for function, whereas a name is. So like a name, language, these are all things that collectively um, are established. They're a necessity. They actually are consistent with the law of identity and maintaining the law of identity. So it's like names and language and going with the dominant language, it's workable. It's not just helpful. It's it's almost it's almost a prerequisite. Whereas masks, they're simply social. Like they're simply they're not logistical. Like wearing a mask doesn't help you shop for food. You know, it's just it's just a one a token of compliance. It does nothing. Whereas having a name that's easily pronounceable, it actually has logistical and pragmatic advantages directly in in every experience where where that name can be understood people could make imprints of your you and and your name easier uh, builds trust um, you could me- uh, remember people being memorable you know and I don't mean charming I mean like being memorable can be helpful to you and and other people you know so yeah the mask thing that's a little bit of a false um, equivalency the mask is not necessary but yes it's social yeah now there's an impact now there's a currency to the mat to the compliance you know the mask you know a token of compliance you know there's tokens they've tokenized compliance basically not just in the sense that it's a token like token black dude it's like token like like actual the future of of currency is tokenized and it's like your behavior can give you your tokens and it's an arcade an arcade style system um i mean that's right there and it's crazy because you establish the social norms even if they're totally non not pragmatic they don't serve any they don't elevate if anything they put a constraint on everybody they obviously put a constraint on economics but people still this is what's so fascinating even something that you have to convince people exists through every arm of media and government you have to convince them that it exists and that it's even if it did exist at the level where where it justifies all this nonsense they they and even with the the economic fallout they still choose compliance over over their own lives you know that says something that's deeper than uh proper information you know that's why that's why the right information it won't af- affect anybody it's like anyone who's who's already made that trade it's some other shit going on. I, I don't know. It might be like high-level hypnosis. Who knows? Some man yelled at me. Ooh, rebel. All hostile yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to just, in those moments, go, well, at least people can see my smile. And then I'll be like, Mommy. Mama. Mommy. Mom. Mommy.
checked out the interview on Meth Squad. Quite insightful. Thanks. Yeah, those guys were easy to talk to. Those were those guys were easy to talk to. Every, most people are easy to talk to. That I, you know, I've only I've only gone into the lion's den once. What do you think of Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? I don't know. He's uh he's on the right side of something, but he's still in the game. He sent me a a, a DM and he asked for my email. He said uh I make I make a list of allies basically, he said in the the DM. And uh you know, my immediate thought was like, okay, well, I don't want to die and an ally to me is someone that's just a disposable asset and uh, I don't own any small boats or canoes or skidoos so or small planes so I'm gonna just tell you know my family if I am in a canoe accident or something some weird shit that I don't own any of that stuff so other than that he seems like I don't know I mean he's a Kennedy so it's like you just have to assume there's a bunch of shit that you can never know about him. Um, other than that, he's got a very weird voice. I don't, I don't want to make fun of him, but because he might have some medical issue, or he just he's just screamed a lot in his life. But it's very like I don't think he could make it in the ASMR world. It's very wib- wiggly and wobbly, and I don't know. I you know I hope he's fine, but. Uh, it's it's almost like it sounds like it's connected to a pedal uh, you know someone has an air pedal like those old you know air pedals for the fire like the billower I guess it's called it's like he's connected to a billower and the billower is not working very hard I don't know what it is but again if he has a health issue I don't want to be you know you know t- distasteful but again I mean like anyway so i've been looking at um a lot of um you know pictures and i'm seeing how many pictures are just totally self-indulgent you know mostly women like you know being all pretty and cutesy and it's just so narcissistic and i came across this one to really capture you know what the going online culture is it's like, look at that. I mean, look at these women. Just everything's puckering, whoring yourself. And it's like, who's like, look at this one down at the bottom. Oh, you're so cute. You're so cute. I have to wrap this up. Let's play my uh, animation one, one time here. Wait, there's no sound. Oh, there's no sound. The one thing I I missed there is I should have had those three kind of like 
go off, you know, to follow where his their eyes were looking to very make it much clearer that they're going the other way. Um, that would have increased the impact, I think. I like how you're laughing at your own. Yeah, I laugh at my own stuff very rarely. Very rarely. <clears throat> Practicing some lighting. So, um, I thought I'd just draw. You know, I'm practicing different lighting. And so, that's something um, I drew. I just realized something. That shading and lighting... Um, I used to just do it in black and white. In other words, if for those of you who draw, you fill in the, the the colors, and then for me, I just assumed you take the original color of like the, the the skin tone, and you just go down a couple values in darkness, and that's a you know a good shading quality. As it turns out, that's just shading in black and white, and that's not proper shading because shade is actually color, not diminished value of one color. That'll just that like blew my mind and now I I can see how different lighting elements even from multiple sources as in this uh, little doodle here of the uh, I don't know he's Mongolian maybe you know I really gave him a nose didn't I um, that's uh, you know just learning that along with perspective has just opened my entire like world up of what can be created and I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't commit, even if, how long it takes, I don't even know, uh, to a graphic novel, which is different than my flat stuff. You know, it's just, you know, I was talking, I, I hired a, a tutor who I know, friends uh, friends with my wife, who's in comics, and he's so knowledgeable, and he um, he appropriately categorized my, my normal work as the kind of illustration you'd see on a, an airplane fly, uh, pamphlet. It's like, it's actually commercial, even though it's messy, but it's commercial because it has no emotional tone. There's no lighting tone. There's no hues. It's just so saturated and blown out with color, which is, it, it works with uh, my account, but here I'm trying to do something completely different than my account. Yeah, looks Napoli. Yeah, he looks like he has a Mongolian spot on his back, doesn't he? He like where where the right where the right where the right RFK Junior's gatekeeping probably. Any I don't trust anyone in politics. You know, even if they reach out and they're like, I want you, I want you as an ally. I don't care. You don't even know me. Why would you want me as an ally if you don't even know who I am? I don't trust anyone who's just re says that, you know, with a wobbly voice. So just stop. You know, I don't want to go in your canoe. I don't want to go in your canoe. <clears throat> anyway, I gotta. I wish I could stream longer because I'm very relaxed. Anyway, Mongolian barbecue hot pot. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Ah, wobbly voice. Yeah, I don't know. I am now. I'm gonna find out. Someone's gonna DM. Oh, he actually had cancer in his throat, and he just survived it by minutes last year. I'm like, I'm gonna like, ah, damn it. I'm sorry. Shading is suffering. You know, I don't, I don't know why they say, the saying is I threw some shade your way. 
You know, if anything, you sh you know, is it is it because they're throwing heat at you and it causes a cast shadow? Or is it the shade itself that's cool and hard and cold? It's hard to tell what they mean, you know, because there's there's actually only heat. Shade is not not uh, you know, it it's mean it means the lack of light and the lack and if it's cold, it's the lack of heat. Yet darkness and coldness don't actually exist. You know, so it's like when they say I'm throwing shade your way, what they're saying is they're throwing nothing your way. And it's like, is that a, even a bigger insult? Nobody knows. It's like, yes and no. Fuck. It's like, that's why I love this stuff. You know, it's like throwing shade. You know, it's like, well, actually, you know, if you look at art, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of art, and I collect a lot of art, specifically a lot of communist art, and I like to have it hanging in my family room. For when things possibly get happy, I want them, I want those paintings looming over people, you know, to remind them, listen, bucko, you're, you're happy now, but you know, that can end, you know, but anyway, when you shade something, it actually elevates it, it adds dimension and volume, you know, and it's like, why is throwing shade an insult? You know, it's like beautifying something. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm beautifying you. F you. It's like, fine, bucko. It's like, I'd, I'd rather have some nice warm shading than some, you know, it's, it's actually nice in the shade. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's like, get your insults proper. You know, make that, have them make sense. Fuck. All right, I gotta go.